I'd like to welcome to the show this week, I have Clayton. He is Cell Dweller. He is Circle of Dust. He is... Uh, what other pseudonyms do you have? You've got quite a few, haven't you? Scandroid, Scandroid. Freak Gen. Yep. Yeah, and Freak, Freak Gen is my kind of electronic, uh, analog, modular, synth, 90s kind of mishmash. Okay. So, so four active projects right now. Four active projects right now. But it's been, like I was saying just before I hit started hitting record, um, it's been uh seven years since i mm-hmm. last had you on and obviously a lot's happened in that time um because um we had you on before um just to have a general chat and talk about your music and your label and we had james on as well um yep. on a separate podcast but um this the the one with you i think it was like episode 18 and uh it's still being listened to and downloaded today it's one of my most popular podcasts wow. i've done which is you know all down to you it's nothing to do with me but <laughs> well I, I don't know how much i had to do but I, that's great that's good to hear I, I didn't know that seven years later people are still uh still dialing in that's yeah. cool that's i mean with, with the with the spotify uh 2022 rap thing right um, yours actually came up in the top three um it was number two to be fair but wow that obviously and that was recorded seven years ago the other one was just a couple from this year um wow but yeah no it's just a sort of testament to that is it's crazy but seven years is a long time so <laughs> it is yeah but um no obviously i like saying before before we started here but um just to sort of catch up on it um basically last time we chatted you were releasing um like through fix you were releasing songs remixes stuff like that every week you were actively looking for artists i think you had like a handful of them at the time yep um but you've 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 grown considerably since then. Uh, the label fixed itself has um, well, it, it's it's grown and it's sort of split into the subgenres that you or the genres that you work in. So yeah, um, so you y- have, yeah, sort of. Is it is it? Go still, ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say, is it still split? Because you have got the fixed radium, fixed neon, um, and the other one escapes me. Neo, uh, noir, noir. We, had, we had fixed noir. Yeah, uh, we had. So I'm saying that in past tense because, yes, you're right. We did actually uh, for starters backing up a little bit. The yeah. label has grown considerably. We yeah. have over 30 artists on the roster yeah. active. Um, you know, several of those are mine as we've established, but, uh, um, the, the label has grown really the label for a long time was pretty much just me. It supported me. We had a couple of, uh, of artists that kind of came and went, um, but really in the last few years, we have really like the, the label has taken, uh, huge strides. We have the best roster we've ever had. We have the best staff we've ever had. The company is, uh, over 20 employees, uh, worldwide. So we're really growing. There's a lot of great things happening. And it's somewhere along that line when we were signing these artists, we started putting sounds in buckets. So we're like, okay, Fix Neon is kind of the synthwave thing and Noir was going to be this EDM and Radium was this electronic rock. And really pretty quickly, after spending a bunch of time and money branding all of these things, we kind of looked at it all and we're like, we're confusing people. Like we are one label (laughs) and anything we sign is just part of this label. So really we kind of scrapped that that whole idea and we are just fixed and and anything on the roster. You know, I I think for me, cell dweller, it's like, I've always said, I I'm genre agnostic. Like I don't, I don't ascribe to any particular genre. Um, I try to have boundaries with when I create so that I don't end up creating uh, for Cell Dweller, what would really be Scandroid? So I started carving those things out. But for the most part, I could do anything I want to. Yeah. So we're like, why would we then put artists in buckets when 
artists should just be able to do whatever. If we think they're talented, they're a fixed artist. It's not a division of any specific sub label of the, of the label. Yeah. So we're fixed, you know, 30 plus artists signed to the roster um, and growing. And, and we have like a lot of great things happening. Excellent. No, that's good. I mean, you, you got around to uh, like, uh, we're seething Akira. We're going to use one of your artists as a thing here. Yes. Uh, big fan of those guys. I've had them on yes, my show. Yes, me, me too. Multiple times over the years. I know Charlie. I know Kit. I know um, Richard. I know I know all of them all. Um, okay. And and um, it was great to sort of see because I know that initially they were going to be part of the label. Then I think you guys had a hurdle to jump that didn't permit having them signed um or something along those lines yeah <laughs> um not to go yeah, into yeah. specific detail but um no. yeah you went back and you caught them again yeah um, yeah I, I mean i quite honestly the story of seething specifically which I, i'm sure i share with them but maybe not so maybe if they listen to this they'll actually get the, the, the full story but like in the early <laughs> days of spotify um yeah. nobody that i knew in the world was using spotify everybody was still buying music and i had discovered this thing and i'm like this is the future yeah. and i stopped buying albums and i got spotify and one of the things even early on algorithmically they would suggest music and i don't know what i was listening to but then i see this seething akira thing suggested and i click on they might have had two two songs three songs and i'm like this music is a little underproduced, but I love this sound. What is this? Mm. And then James went and reached out and we, we kind of went through the process and we started working on music and an album together. And again, it was like, even as a label, we were trying to find our footing. So we had great intentions. Um, it really had nothing to do with the seating guys. It had to do more with us on the label side, trying to figure out where we fit and what we were doing. And before we could actually complete an album or an EP, we were like, guys, we don't want to do you a disservice maybe we should just kind of like all step away from this. And that's, that's what happened. And years later, I mean, they heavied up, they got heavier. Um, Their, their sound got more serious. Although I think they're like the funniest band we might have on the entire roster. I love them. (laughs) Um, uh, I I love British sense of humor. I mean, I grew up on like Monty Python and and even Benny Hill. I know that's maybe not the coolest thing. Now I just mostly (laughs) binge Peppa Pig, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, but, uh, you know, the, the, coming back to it, you know, I mean, everybody was kind of like, I don't know, is this going to work this time? And we're like, no, we're, we're ready. We're more, uh, we're more sure of what we're going to do. Um, and, and really bringing those guys back into the fold it has been great. Excellent. Excellent. No, I mean, I, I, I love those guys. They've, they deserve everything that they're getting at the moment as well with the announcements that they've ha- already had from the new album. Um, yeah. Yeah. Next year's festival appearances and things like that. Yeah. It's just, yep. I love watching bands grow. I love watching them. Like I've, I've done it for years when I was in bands myself. And um, I've always sort of thought to myself, I've always thought I've, I have an eye for bands that I know can do well. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Even at an early stage, there's been a few bands that I've sort of tipped to do well. And they have, if there was a way of making money from that, that'd be awesome. But, <laughs> but you, well, you, you need to uh, do some A and R for fixed. I think. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'll try I'll give that a go. Let's see what was out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just um, yeah, I love watching them 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 do what they're doing at the moment with the, like Bloodstock and everything like that they've got next year. Um, yeah, and I hope yep. they can take it further than that as well and and creep up just like those headline slots and stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're got, growing. They've got they've got the armor. Oh, sorry, they've got the weaponry. I should say. Um, yes. it's just uh you know making sure that the right notes hit here and there and you know as bands have to like crawl out of of the the circuits and into the mainstream if you will 
but they've got everything there they've got like you say they've got a great sense of humor about everything as well and uh yeah they're just the nicest guy so, yeah they are um but i mean you've got like you say you've got over 30 artists signed to fix now um yep. and and i think back when i spoke to you it was about seven or eight give or take like extra your extracurricular if you will so i think last yes, time you right. spoke you just got the rights back to circle of dust yeah um, yep. that and, would have been two, 2015 i think yeah. or 16 somewhere there so around yeah. about there so that was yep. that was um i've enjoyed i've been enjoying the re-releases and remastered that and everything which cool. thank you um and obviously the the the, the synth wave stuff you've been doing with scandroid has been awesome as well like i've introduced so many people to you like your music just through everyone sort of getting into that synth wave side of things with the, mm-hmm. you know, the sort right. of retro revival if you will of of say retro revival but like like uh what's it called uh i've forgotten the name it, of it. is the netflix show stranger things oh stranger things yeah. right right right, stuff right like yeah. that. people getting that yep. nostalgia hit but also people yes. hearing that sound for the yep. first time it's it's you know I'm, I'm of that age that i was kind of i was aware of the music at that point i i, I was born in 1980 so okay I, I grew up through the 80s in the uk yep. so a lot of that synthwave a lot of that um like gary newman and um, yeah uh the sort of early thompson twins and the new romantic movement and all that kind of stuff back in the cure i should mention them because they just recently one of my favorite bands in the world (laughs) my sister was at their show the other night she sent me a picture she's like not to brag but and she got this really good picture of of robert smith i was like he's still going as many times as he quits and this is our last tour and then they come back and they do it it's like all right awesome that's what kiss are doing at the moment as well <laughs> keep yeah going. right right just keep yep. going um, keep going but um yeah no i'm mean, just sort of like i grew up in that sort of era of my my brothers and sisters into that kind of music as well um but like i love hearing it and just sort of like because i'm old enough to kind of reintroduce people to stuff um mm-hmm. i've been putting towards like obviously a lot of stuff that was on neon uh so the likes of like lebrock and stuff like that um yeah. obviously all fixed and everything um yep. but yeah no just like that the scandroid um you know uh the the um the tokyo album um oh neo tokyo uh th- that song that's that's, that's that song, song there. yeah yeah um and and just stuff like that just the releases you had at that point um as well as like your other artists on there uh i've just been like where i work i've i have control of the stereo so <laughs> um, it's dangerous it is dangerous. dangerous it is but you know it's good at the same time because i get to the, get people to listen to you guys and you know get those streams up on yeah uh, we'll take it whatever service we're using at the top well there's only one service yeah. we're using at that point but it's um you know it's it's uh because of the company i work for so <laughs> it's um yeah so uh, it's apple just to sort of oh, give you context you of that so um okay. but yeah we have like obviously free apple music um right descriptions just through work but the streams pay the same because we just have it on in our repair rooms and whatnot so great you know um but yeah no i'll be sort of one thing i wanted to ask you about with the label and stuff because you at the time back then i think it was the first sort of time that um i'd heard of like i think you had the strategy of like releasing singles mm-hmm. like almost weekly or bi-weekly or mm-hmm. monthly um mm-hmm. at the time i think it was around then and and that seems to be a thing that a lot of people are looking to adopt now um i've seen a lot of press of various bands like even established big like rock and metal bands are saying well think we're just going to release singles like do like the sort of periodic release 
though yep you know a song every well yeah yeah i i i don't know I, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like I'm being arrogant because I'm not, but I tend to do things not mindful of what anybody else is doing. I just yeah. do what, what makes sense to me. And early on, before anybody was really doing that, um, I, I just realized releasing a song or two at a time, you know, this is during the iTunes era. It wasn't, yeah. There wasn't even streaming. It was like you had to buy things. Yeah. Um, it just made sense on a lot of levels. And when you really think about it historically in music, pre-1960, maybe pre-1970, the world lived with singles. They were 45 records. It was like an A side and a B side. That was it. You didn't get really full albums until, you know, we started hitting the seventies and then all the way through. So for it to actually head back towards singles, not only has that happened, um, I think that probably 85% of the world in streaming has adopted that philosophy. They are everybody, including us, we are releasing singles because the world now operates, uh, on playlists instead yeah. of albums so you can create a playlist with your feels you know like what yeah. oh my sad playlist my happy playlist my heavy playlist whatever um it's not so much about an album but on the other side of that coin us as a label there is still very much uh, a lot of value in an album so although we release singles it's usually with the objective of these singles are accruing and will eventually become an album a collection of works yeah so that as artists, we have a target. Okay, we're we're doing this album, you know, but we're re- releasing it one song at a time. Yeah. And then then the fans have a full body of work to adopt and absorb. The press seems to like that better versus covering a single. But really the consumption, uh, uh, people consuming music, you stay on their radar more often by releasing a song every two to three weeks, maybe four weeks, sometimes six weeks. It depends on what kind of artist you are. And that keeps your name fresh, that keeps you in people's minds, and it keeps you in the algorithm of places like Spotify, Apple yeah. Music, um, and, and the like. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's what I've not, I just thought of that. It was the first time I really heard of that concept was when I spoke to you back then. And I, like I say, I've just noticed a lot of, like, like I'm not saying you pioneered it, but it was just sort of that formula that worked. And you're right, a lot of, yeah. like, a yep. lot of things are centered around playlists now, like, when if you were to release now, no one's going to stick the whole album on their playlist. Right. Well, they might, but like my daughter will probably stick a whole Taylor Swift album on their playlist. But, <laughs> um, um, but you know, it is it's singles. Like when you see like the sort of like uh, the picked for playlists and stuff um, on the various sort of platforms where it's like a, a new metal list or a new electronic metal list or whatever. And it's right, you, you want to stay on there, but you can't stay on there with the same song. Right. Um, so yeah, every every sort of like weeks, every month or whatever, releasing that song keeps you, like you say, relevant. Yeah, relevant. And in people's and in minds, that, that and album. and you can you can attest to it because you have been doing this for so many years, mm. really focused on music that was hybridized. You know, metal bands mixing electronics and likewise. So you yeah. you were on that cutting edge before it kind of became trendy, but. You know, I, I can't speak for your daughters per se, but they may have Taylor Swift in a playlist and interspersed in between these tracks might be Slipknot. Yeah. You know, going from like Swift to Slipknot, it's like that is the way the world is working right now, which then I think further solidifies the kind of music that we make, you know, where it is hybridized. It's a mix of a lot of different styles. There are no rules and more and more and more, even in hip hop uh, and trap and things like this, you hear these um, these hybridizations of sound it's not weird anymore to mix these styles. In fact, it's becoming uh, much more mainstream. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, 
I, I've seen some of my daughter's um, playlists, and yeah, they do veer from, like I mentioned earlier, Taylor Swift. They're very much into their um, K-pop groups as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So it kind yeah. of veers into that. But then some of those, you know, just like she, I know she has, uh, you know, rock bands on there. Jumping right. Down. Um, yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Nothing more and stuff like that, and 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 yeah, and it's just interesting to see them how they consume. Because back when I was younger, it was very much what your friends are into, which is obviously you know same with her, but um, it's centralized around the albums. Yeah, right here, so, here, borrow this CD or borrow this cassette. Yeah, that now it's literally just like text your friend a link to a track yeah. or or an entire playlist that you made. It's the new mixtape, you know. Yeah. No, that's exactly it, and. It's it's sort of just sort of seeing how that works for 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 your label and obviously for yourself as well, but you know just watching that sort of progress and then seeing that as um, I'd say that it was it was it was ahead of its time when you were when you when you were originally talking about it with me and, and prior to that, um, just that sort of way of thinking that that I don't think many other, if any other labels really have clocked on until now. Uh, I'm just trying yeah, to think it, of another. It, that... It's the new normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and again, I, I, I won't sit here and say I, I pioneered the idea, but not at all. But again, I, I've just, I'm just more averse to risk. Yeah. So I, because I've, I've had to survive in this industry with little to no help. I had to take risks. I just kind of followed my nose, so to speak. If I felt like I should do something, I did it. And really, uh, it's not like a label could blame me for wasting a hundred thousand of their dollars by doing making a decision. It was my own money. So if I if I wanted to take a risk or I felt strongly that something should be done a certain way, I would just do it. And and trust me, ninety percent of those decisions end in failure. But the ten percent that don't is what drives everything that I have right now in my career and 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 with the label. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, to be in that position to take those risks or to have that like thing to take that risk, it's it's, you know, it. I just I just sit here in awe of it. It's like kind of like wow, you actually, you know, when something works out, um, you know, when you work something out like through like a lot of people weren't thinking in algorithms before; they were thinking in demographics, which is almost the same, but it's right. It's right. not. It's it's a different mathematic equation, if you will, that they're yeah. using um because like when i was in the industry it was like you know how do you want to market yourself how do you want to um you know what what is your demographic what is your what is your core audience and it's right like, well it could yeah. be teenagers it could be people in their early 20s late 20s and then i don't think people in their 30s are into us but you know yeah it, it's eliminating people out <laughs> which you don't want whereas the algorithm obviously it's only as good as the users at yeah. that point because that's where they get their data from so they'll pick music for you based on what you've listened to before. So if I went back, I listened to, you know, the prodigy and, and, uh, orbital and, uh, underworld and stuff like that. Yeah. Like UK, they're all good. And like the drum and bass scene here was, was, um, like all the sort of metalheads like Goldie and Ed Rush and and all that. It's huge metalheads fan. I was. I, I I have the documentary. I don't know if you've ever seen it. The metalheads documentary. I like. Have, I still. Yeah. I, I ripped. I ripped it from a, a VHS that I still own, and I watch. I still probably almost every one or two years I watch that doc just because it's so inspirational to me. Yeah, I've I've got the VHS somewhere in here as well. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and I think as an artist, you know, to that point you can get caught up in the algorithm. You can get caught up in who is my audience and who am I trying to appeal to. But I really think 
you make the art, you worry about what inspires you yeah. and your audience will find you versus the other way around. I think pop music is what chases the audience. Yes. I think art and true artists make their art and the audience chases them. And that's, that to me is the only way it should be. Um, I, you know, from my perspective, for what I want and in fulfillment in my life, I, I have no desire to chase a trend or to do something uh, because I think everybody else wants to hear this thing. I, I, in fact, most of the music I make, I'm like, wow, I'm about to head in, in, into complete irrelevance here. No, I'm going to put this track out and everyone's going to be like, he's lost it. He's just out of touch. And, and, and I'm fortunate every time I release a song and people are like, I love this. I'm like, okay, well, I, I, you know, I escaped the guillotine, uh, well, you know, one more time. No, I mean, I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, you've just released a new album, um, yep. which is the first Cell Dweller album in about five years. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Because uh, yep. Off World was the last one, wasn't it? Yes, I think that was 16 or 17. I don't remember the year, yeah. but that was around the time right before I got married, sold my my place in Detroit uh, and, and broke down my studio, built a house and a studio, or I was supposed to, in LA, um, which pretty much almost tanked my life and my career, had three babies, like pretty much all at one time, just yep. popped them out. So <laughs> my life, my life was crazy. So after off world, everything just kind of just went down the toilet as far as my career. <laughs> and I'm still reeling from that right now. Yeah. Um, but sorry, I cut, I cut, I cut off your question. I, no, I, no, it's fine. No, it was, it was kind of answering what I was going to ask anyway, but it was, um, I mean, just sort of following with what you just said then, obviously the, the sort of the breakdown that you had of, of the move to LA how i mean you did like the most stressful things you can do apparently i have kids move and get married <laughs> yeah all all at once all at once um, i thought it was going to be a year of pain and i'm like i can i can endure a year that's i i've done yeah. this before you know like uh, enduring many years of pain but this ended up being <laughs> a, a whole different level of pain um probably the worst contractors i could have hired for everything that i did out there um so so a studio build that was supposed to take three months yeah. once we eclipsed the two and a half year mark and this guy was still not done um and everything that we discussed was just just nothing came to fruition um my wife and I just basically were like, why are we here? We're in Los Angeles. The crime rates, the taxes, yep. the, 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 the uh, COVID mandates. We moved there right before COVID. Literally, yep. we moved there in, I think, 2019. And in 2020, COVID hit. And we lived in probably the worst state in America that you could live as far as the, the, the vaccine mandates. It was insanity. We, we just we sometimes were looking around going, how are we going to survive this? And if, and, and, and I was making music in a bedroom. Yeah. Um, like I said to you earlier, I still currently am, even though I moved out of LA, best decision I could have made, worst decision I ever made was moving there. Uh, best one was actually moving out of there. And I'm close to having a new studio built. Um, so I, I, I'm hoping for the first time in four years, I'm going to get back to like video, um, you know, posting video content, yeah. a lot more music. Um, but, but, for whatever it's worth so far, I've survived it. Um, it. It has been really brutal, but I've survived it and through it by, by, but, you know, against all odds fixed has grown considerably. And, yeah. and I credit a lot of that to James Rhodes, who's really at the helm of making sure all the wheels are turning. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, my career has still, for whatever reason, I don't know what, what, what's, what's driving it. Like you said, like, I don't know why I would be the number two podcast uh, for your 2022 wrap <laughs> when, when that, you know, that podcast is seven years old. Yeah. I don't know why people are still listening, but I appreciate everyone who does. 
and hopefully this one will will get some listens too yeah i mean that's what i'm saying you've got something new for them to listen to because like i said that was back to say seven years ago and 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 we're here now with with a new cell dweller album um yeah. and i mean sort of going on from like a lot of that because like this this album's very um i'd say a lot more aggressive than, yeah than previous like you've yes. had you've had sort of like heavy tunes before but this one like when i first heard it i was like you're pissed off about something <laughs> oh, I am pissed. I'm pissed off about I so did, many things. Yeah, yes. and I didn't realize you'd gone through like because I remember like obviously I, I I follow you on the social media channels, and I remember you seeing like you know in progress photos of said right. potential studio, studio and the move and your new children and yeah yep. and all that kind of stuff, and it was like it was great. You're getting <laughs> getting getting yeah. Not saying you hadn't had your shit together before, but you know everything was you know doing yep. well. Fix was growing. Uh, I don't know what the reasons were to move to LA, whether it was sort of like uh, profession based or if it was just literally we have the opportunity to do so or. Uh, you, yeah, I thought, I thought for the career, I'd always, I'd always had my mind. I grew up, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I was born there. I was, I lived in my entire life there, uh, moved to the Midwest, which I don't particularly love, but it helped me, you know, I could afford to live there and yeah. help me grow the business. And then I was like, LA is the next stop, you know, for, for career. Um, and you know, lifestyle. I wanted to live in good weather and all yeah. that. I just obviously glamorized it and thought it was going to be a much nicer experience than it ended up being. It, it really almost was a career killer. Um, and, and, and I'm glad that I survived it, but, um, man, just, just, uh, just getting through that and, and, and out the other side of this. Mm. Uh, I started satellites, the album satellites, uh, uh, very hopeful because this, I started writing this at the beginning of the move to LA. So I literally wrote probably um, 12 or 14 demos in an eight foot by eight foot room in that LA house because the rest of the house was completely empty and our entire property was dirt. So there was no studio to speak of. Yeah. There was no furniture. There was nothing. So I had an eight by eight room with a laptop and I was super inspired. I was writing tons of music, most of which ended up being the album. And as time progressed and the, uh, the, the luster of moving to Los Angeles and this dream of what it could be started to fade. And I started realizing the horrors of what this actually became. Mm. I got even more pissed off and I got even more disenfranchised and I was struggling to find time to work. So yes, the, I, I think through that process, the album naturally took a very dark and very heavy turn. I did a lot more screaming than I did singing. And I'm, yeah. I, it, it was one of those things I was describing earlier where I'm like, this is where I'm going to lose my fan base. They're going to they're they're be like, <laughs> what is this? This sucks. We don't want this. Um, and it is what it is. I, I'll yeah. be, the Cure, we talked about Robert Smith. Uh, probably like many people, uh, to me, disintegration, uh, uh, probably like, um, um, uh, oh my God, why, but pornography. Those are my favorite Cure albums, yeah. the darker, older albums. After that, I kind of, I feel like I lost it. So you can't, I, as an artist, I don't expect everyone to love every album I make. Um, but I'm grateful when people do like like what I do. So I thought, again, I was going to do this album, which I thought was going to take me, you know, six months to a year to finish. And it took the full four years because of the chaos of my life. I was I was spending more of my days managing and fighting with contractors um, and then dealing with my children during earthquakes, fires, uh, evacuations, crime, the homeless, the mandates. I mean, it was like... Again, I haven't said most of this publicly, so you're actually getting okay. more of the uh, you're getting more of the story than almost anybody else. Uh, I haven't really said much yeah. uh, publicly, but 
it, it, it pretty much was as close to hell as I've ever lived um, during that entire process. So I'm, I'm hoping to kind of start knocking on heaven's door here soon. As soon as my studio is done, I've got some awesome new gear. Um, and I'm really excited not to live in Los Angeles. So I, I just think the pressure and the, the, the parts of it that I hated, I'm out of it now. So I feel like all of that is off my shoulders and I can just live here and raise my family and make some sick music. Nice. That's, that's what I want to do. Nice. It's like, I, I remember when you released Electric Eye, which is one of the tracks off the album. Um, that was the first. That was yeah, the that was first. the first one. And that, yep. that was a while ago. It was yep. about four years ago or so. Um, and yeah, no, I, I mean, I heard that. I love, because I love drum and bass. It's just a pure drum and bass track. Um, yeah. With guitars. And it's great. And um, yeah, and it's, um, and and then like hearing this album, like you say, it's, well, like I said before, it's a lot more aggressive. And, and, and now it makes sense. Because like before, I mean, you had aggression in your music before, but not to that. I don't think it's been to that level, from what I can. I mean, apart right. from like maybe yeah, a, a song dust. here or there, yeah. but not a whole album that no. was like right. In fact, the uh, if you want to call it a ballad, um, uh, the last song I wrote was the the quote unquote ballad, the last song on the on on the uh, on the album, mm. um, and, and it was almost like. It came, that probably is the most genuine, lyrically, the most genuine song on the whole album as far as like, I finally was like, screw this. I'm just writing ab about what it, what is happening inside here. Um, and and that was the last song I did because really most of the time there, the frustration, just it just came out as just angry music. I, it just, I just wanted to scream more than I wanted to to sing. It's, 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 it's therapeutic, isn't it? It's very yes. It was for it was me holding on to the strands of sanity that I had, and I'm like, please don't let go. Like, yeah. I have to stay sane. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, like back when I was in in bands and stuff, and and especially when I was fronting a band, there was nothing more like lethargic than than or not lethargic, cathartic. I think is the word. You're cathartic. That's it. <laughs> yeah, not lethargic. That's the word. That's the wrong yeah. word. But yeah, um, cathartic. Like to to sort of like you know scream it out if you had. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, if you had that, if, well, if you had that week or that day that was really difficult, or or that whole year or many years in your fact, um, yep, yep. And obviously, you know, combine that with uh, you know anything like COVID and stuff, like to have that on top of what you were sort of going through on that, and 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 how you know, obviously that part of the world handled things. Um, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. think anywhere in the world handled it particularly well, to be honest with you. No. Um, because nope. no one had been through this. So it was kind of like everyone was learning from everyone else's mistakes. So, and, and then the, the misinformation, not to get into conspiracies, yeah. but my God, we were lied to so hard by people like in this country, Anthony Fauci, who's supposed to be the authority, lied to us for his own personal gain. It's like we've been lied to as, as, as a, as, as people worldwide, mm. we've been lied to about things. Um, you know, the, the, the ballad, the last song that I wrote was called The End of the World. And yeah. it's like, you know, all of these things are supposed to be great, but the, why does it feel like the end of the world? Why do I feel like the world is ending then? Because everywhere I looked, and it wasn't just me, everybody around me, everywhere we looked, we we're being lied to by politicians and the the health the health experts. And my God, I mean, no, I don't even need to say yeah. You know, you, you have your own share of things there in, in, in the UK, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, politically speaking and everything else. It's just the world has been in such upheaval, financial things right now. And the the quote unquote supply chain, I mean, it's like things we've never seen in our lifetime. Yeah. 
you know, and I'm sitting here with three babies going, man, I brought them into this world. Like how, well, how am I going to keep them safe from yeah. this? Like it was overwhelming to me as a parent, my career, uh, the company, like they were, on every level, I just felt like, man, the walls are caving in. How, how do I, how do I survive? I, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, know. it's it, it was definitely, it was tough here. Um, obviously, you know, the, the, the sort of the political things that have been going on here have been a shambles as ever. Like we've had yeah, four, right. or f- four different, five different prime ministers in the past four or five years. Um, wow. and and like at the moment a lot of industries are sort of you know they're they're striking so our public transport our nurses um the nhs which is our health service wow, um, wow. they're all because they they don't obviously don't feel they're being paid enough which i don't think they are their pay rise from what they're sort of like because it's obviously a, a, a government run or public owned yep um yep. their yep. pay rise was not enough which you know and that's why they're, they're having to strike and 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 like from from just sort of that standpoint and just watching like the cost of living just keep going up and up and up and you know oh everywhere right you yeah. guys are feeling it there it's like inflation through the roof it's yeah. yeah so pay is not equal to that you know and as as a, as a label as an, and as an artist we're not getting paid more from spotify no. because there's inflation so everything costs more for us me us the collective us everybody um but we're not really getting paid um you know and and what do you, what do you do? I mean, we, we, we just talked to an artist who was like, man, I got an advance to make an album and I had to use that advance to survive because everything was shut down during the lockdown. How, yeah. how are we going to live? So I couldn't even spend the money to make my album. I had to use that money to buy food. Yeah. And these are the positions a lot of people are in right now. Yeah. It's, it's madness. <laughs> to put it, it is madness. To put it into, put it into a simple mm-hmm. word. It is madness. Just sort of going from, you know, not, not, not that anyone expects to have everything handed out to them, but it's sort of, everyone right. expects being able to live like um being paid yeah. fairly or or things costing a fair amount like right right and, it's and not it's very difficult to to sort of like especially when you've got kids like you and myself and many other people have you know i've got families to feed got families to put through school um, right you know uh we've got to you know make sure our kids have a certain uniform for their school you know right you know if their shoes start to break we need to get them new shoes and we've got christmas coming up and you know the usual things that cost a lot of money yes Um, exactly and and, you know and it's just it's becoming more and more not that i wasn't watching what i was paying for or how much i was paying it's sort of you're it's getting to a point where there's no choice but to get into a level of debt um yeah just, you got to tighten the proverbial belt and stop spending money and and be much more mindful yeah like you said you, it's not even about being rich or and just spending money like crazy but like just the basic things cost so much now that yeah. it's yeah I, I think i think that's a, a worldwide thing and probably a lot of people that are listening to this i don't know at what point they're listening to this in time but currently anyone who's listening to this is probably feeling the same pain that we are you yeah. know yeah definitely definitely um but you know it, hopefully there is i mean it probably take a few years but hopefully there will be it will ease um yeah, and things will, will ease up because there's a lot of things sort of that i want to do that you know that that requires money to do there's a certain things yeah. that my family want to do and right. you know it's just sort of getting through that and and it's that or taking on you know extra jobs and stuff which i don't really want to do right. cause i don't have that right. time to sort yep. of take away from family from um sort of my 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 passions my hobbies if you will and stuff like that so yeah um hopefully things will get better for everyone 
um and you know i mean it's it's a nice thing to hope this time of year anyway being it Christmas is and the time let's, of let's stay hopeful let's, let's stay, stay hopeful. hopeful and that world war three doesn't kick in as well that's the other <laughs> right thing in the back of my mind but that's a completely yes. different podcast right there um yeah but yeah um just to like you know thank you for your time i really appreciate it um thank you thank you for you for interviewing on. me once again no we that, should do this at we should do this at least every seven years definitely maybe sooner well yeah we'll, we'll get, like release keep releasing stuff like we'll, we'll, anyway. that's the plan yeah that is the plan i will get we'll i'll liaise with lisa and everyone and and and, and james and we'll see what we right. can do um, right. but yeah um just a couple just like a couple of end of questions if that's all right sure. to sort of sure. like, to wrap things up but um We've already kind of touched on it, I think, before with like records like The Cure and a lot of the dance music that I mentioned and stuff like that. But um, could you name like a, a the, the most pivotal album in your life, the one that kind of like really changed things for you? And wow, that's a sort of loaded question that one. I normally, ask for oh, three, but God. I don't have time for three. So, <laughs> right? If is could... it like Cocteau Twins, Heaven and Heaven or Las Vegas, or is it? Uh you know the cure disintegration yeah. or was it metallica master of puppets or or slayer south of heaven i i i don't know i mean it, it kind of kind of runs the gamut I, I could tell you a song that was pivotal without me understanding it when yeah, i was very young i heard mr roboto by sticks oh, nice. and this this robot voice in this song mystified me and i couldn't understand how they even did this stuck with me and as a teenager when i got into production i happened to ask a friend of mine the only guy i knew who understood production i, I was like what what is that and he's like oh it's it's a vocoder and of course there was no internet i couldn't google that so yeah. i took his definition of what a vocoder was and i just went on the hunt to figure that out and so when i started producing music um one of my biggest songs is called switchback yeah. and the hook that just says switchback is a vocoded it, it was it was a, a a VST a plugin called Orange Vocoder, um, which at the time I don't even think I purchased because back then I had no money. It was one of those yep. you know crack deals, you know whatever. I don't know how I even got it. Somebody I knew gave it to me, and um, I vocoded that. And man, my uh, my affinity towards vocal processing and doing things that are abstract and abnormal or synthesized with vocals, the root of it probably comes from Mr. Roboto by Styx. No, that's that's amazing because like the same sort of thing happened with me, sort of like you know, um, sort of mention it. But um, I had the same sort of same thing happen with me with uh, Herbie Hancock's "Rocket." Yeah, I um, love that song. And right. the, the the what turned out to be the scratch noise. Yeah. Um, yeah. By uh, DXT. DXT. I can't remember his name, but um, yeah, no, that that was sort of one of the things. Like, what is that noise? What is that? Out of all these instruments, right. they've got they've got a synth going. They've got like piano whatever going on and there's just like right. going on yeah right so cool that? right and then that was the sort of one that got me into like i mean you see behind me here i don't know if you've got the camera on but um, yeah yeah i did yeah, I I got see the, the turntables behind me here and and that's what i do that's what i did in a in a new metal band for 10 years um i made that noise along with various other <laughs> noises but um you know i tend the scratch dj and it's just sort of one of those things where it was that moment of like you know that you obviously right. had with with mr roboto and um yeah no that's crazy that's, that's, that's such a, i haven't heard that song in a long time long time <laughs> my kids love it man they request it probably three times a day so oh, okay. i i hear it a lot <laughs> between that and peppa pig um... and then peppa pig right <laughs> oh that petulant <laughs> little pig 
Oh, um, <laughs> oh, I remember those days. Um, but yeah, um, final question. Uh, hobbies away from music. So obviously you've got your family. That, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. it was a hobby. That's, you know, that is your life. Um, but what are your hobbies away from music? What is the, what is, what does Clayton get up to away from Cell Dweller? very very little very little if i'm if i'm able to catch a movie which is not even a hobby it's just a a a guilty pleasure that i can take some time to actually watch something Mm. that's that's a pro but really i am in a fortunate position where if i had time for a hobby it would be literally doing what i already do like i want to come in and if i had time to kill i would just come in and patch something cool on my modular synthesizers and just make a cool beat um play with a piece of software i haven't played with before but but with no agenda not to necessarily make a song so to me it's that would be the guilty pleasure is like i'm just making a sound uh or a riff for the sake of doing it and then a lot of times those turn into riffs on albums or sounds that i put in sample packs or whatever so really i don't i don't actually it's not like i go fishing or collect cars or i don't do anything like that man i'm so, i'm the most boring person you're ever going to meet like i just try to make music Try to be a good dad, good husband, and uh, survive. That's it. That's awesome. All right. Well, Clayton, thank you very much. Uh, Like I said, thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking to you again. Same Um, here. I appreciate you having me on, and I I hope to you and all your listeners that you guys have a great holiday season and uh, looking forward for a good, hopefully, 2023. Awesome. You too as well. I hope things get better for you and your your studio gets built. It, It will, and they will. I'm confident. I look forward to the content that comes from that as well. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> and the rest of your label as well. Shout out to obviously Seeding Akira, LeBrock. Um, uh, Toronto is broken as well. I mean, Christian's yeah, yep. a great guy. I had him on the show. Great stuff. Um, wait, wait until you hear the new album, man. It's, it's going to blow your mind. I mean, I love his, his, his TikTok feed at the moment where he's doing rock and metal crossover. Yes, and yeah. Like DMB yep. crossover. Yep. And I'm trying to get hold of one of his bootlegs, but he won't give it to me so <laughs> but keep trying know, keep I'll, trying i will keep trying i will keep trying but yes no thank you very much clayton and uh yeah have a good rest of your day and you uh, do the same yeah we'll speak to, speak soon yeah sounds good man awesome take care of yourself thank you mate bye-bye <laughs>